You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. Well, the London Irish Rugby Club have been suspended from the Premiership after missing a deadline to pay their players and their staff. The club were given until Tuesday of the week past to complete a takeover or risk being suspended. They'll now not be able to play in any league next season. A US consortium had been trying to buy London Irish, but a statement from the Rugby Football Union said that takeover had not come to pass. This news follows the demise earlier this season of fellow Premiership Rugby Club's Worcester and Wasps. Christian Day played top-level rugby for 15 years with the Sale Sharks, Stade Francais and Northampton. He is now the General Secretary of the Rugby Players Association. And he joins us. Uh, Christian, thanks for coming on the radio with us and, and giving us the background to this. Can you start, perhaps, with the timeline of events that led to the suspension of London Irish? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the takeover has been under discussion for some time. It was probably kind of in, in kind of February time that rumours started surfacing that the, the current owner wanted to, to move on. And there was this American-caused consortium looking to um, looking to buy the club, but Unfortunately, that never materialised into anything concrete. And for us, you know, warning signs always come as soon as people aren't being paid on time. Um, last month, we had, you know, issues around pay that, that we managed to resolve. Um, but sure enough, this month, the same thing happened again. And, and ultimately, a lot, of, a lot of promises were broken. And, and unfortunately, the, the players, the staff and the fans are the ones who, uh, who suffer. London Irish had a really solid season on the pitch, didn't they? They were fifth and made the final of the Premiership Rugby Cup for the second successive season. So they were going well on the grass. Christian, how did this happen? Yeah, in many ways, you know, one of the most exciting clubs in the Premiership, um, a very talented young squad. And as you said, they, they, were, they were heading in the right direction performance-wise. Um, I mean, ultimately... That the club was not a business that that made money, and I'll be frank, not many sports teams in England do make money. That you know, sports in this country is all about kind of the love and the passion for the for the game. So, their owner unfortunately felt that after a, a you know length of time he's been involved that he he wants to step away, and unfortunately, a, a consortium you know approached and made out that they were the real deal. They wanted to buy the club and. Um, Unfortunately, they weren't, and you know it, it all tracks back to COVID and, and the lockdowns, the, the the damage that it's done to the financial system of the game, um, and, and we all knew that was going to be tough. But I, I think we're now getting to the realities of how tough that's going to be. Did the proposed takeover by this US consortium ever? Did it ever feel likely to you? Well. You know, you've got to take people at their word. I think I'm, I, I hope people think of me as someone who's got some integrity, and if I say something, it's it's because I believe it's true. And I think the players and the staff felt that about the ownership at London Irish, and and they were told that this was the real deal. I mean, I've got to say, from my opinion, we never really knew who who the buyers were, and um, there were countless promises about money being transferred that never materialised. And I think, you know, fool me once and. Uh, <laughs> And I'm the fool that fooled me twice. Yeah, it's um, it was just a catalogue of of missed promises, broken promises, and retrospectively looking on it, I think it it was pretty probably was allowed to continue for too long. Mm. 
Well, you mentioned before that there aren't a lot of sporting teams in, in the UK that are making money, and uh, and clearly costs are, are, are high, in particular, I'd imagine, paying the players. So are big wage bills part of the problem here? Well, ultimately, it's costs, isn't it? I think um, you know the one element of cost that's actually controlled in, in the Premiership is, is player salaries via a salary cap. Um, I, I think everyone understands that the, currently the finances in the game are not rich and, and everyone needs to, to think about how we manage that. I guess from my perspective, representing the players is all I would say is there are a lot of costs that aren't associated with direct player wages and we have to ensure that everything is being managed, not just simply uh, the costs of wages, uh, player wages, because, you know, just across the channel from us, we have a vibrant French league where money is is flowing. Uh, and the Japanese market as well is starting to become very, very attractive to players. Um, and what we don't want is a drain of talent leaving the country, leaving the league, because ultimately that will impact not just on the league, but also on the international game. Um, and we don't want that to happen. Um, you know, there's a certain amount, of, again, I'll come back to the English sporting market. You know, we have the Premier League football in this country and we're used to the best players wanting to play in this country, I think. Turn the clock back five years, I think rugby was the same. We had some of the world's biggest stars coming to play in England and we need to work out how we get the English Premiership back to that position because I think if we're being honest, it, we're not in that position at the moment. All right, well, let's then look ahead and um, and and think about some possible solutions here. If you've got a blank sheet of paper in front of you, Christian, and you're looking to put things down on that piece of paper to, you know, to help restore rugby in England to, you know, what it was before, what, what sort of things are you writing down? So look, action's taking place as we speak. So, you know, again, as, as the players' representatives, we're, we're, we've got a real push. There's, um, there's an agreement in the game that, that manages the professional game. It's up next year. And we're making a real push that for the first time, the players should be recognised collectively as partners in that agreement. It's something that, that I have a big belief in. I know in Australian and New Zealand sports, there are these kind of collective agreements. Um, so that's one step. Um, obviously, I've, I've spoken about financial viability. League is already actioning a lot more controls in, in the French league. There's, there's something called the the Danac, where at the start of the season you have to show that you have funds available to cover all the wages and everything for the season. Um, look, there's a lot of lot of work going on. I think we need to recognise that in, in the the current environment is not a time to to splash the cash. It's a time to to draw in the purse strings a little bit, but at the same time, we, we've got to have a plan for the future. And like I said, for us, you know, a five-year plan that we get the Premiership back to where it was as one of the most attractive environments, I think is something that, that we need to put in place. So back to London Irish then, um, a number of players and, and staff and their families affected by this. So so how is the RPA, you know, doing its best to, to help support those players who have been affected by this? Yeah, so I mean, it's unfortunate to say it, but we, we've had experience this year with Wasps and Worcester where, if we're being frank, and it, and it was before I came into this role, we, we weren't prepared for that level of kind of um, disaster, particularly not one happening straight after the other. So this time, at least, we were slightly better prepared. Um, it's, it's never good news. You know, losing your job, losing the club that you love is never going to be good news, but at least we had support available learning from those two other clubs. So... Primarily, we, we had strong legal advice for the players around their contracts that once the club was suspended, if another club wanted to come in to get them, they could leave straight away. And that was a learning from the Worcester failure in particular, where the, the players were effectively handcuffed to a failing club. 
Um, we've managed to establish a hardship fund. So when I was elected to this role in, in February, one thing I said we had to get was a benevolent fund, was a, a hardship fund for players who fall on hard times. Um, we've managed to get that. It's for players and staff at London Irish. So anyone experiencing hardship uh, can draw down on that fund um, on a means-tested basis. And then the third thing is, is you know, trying to promote player mobility. So we, we launched a free agents list this year. Again, it wasn't meant to be for failing clubs. It was simply meant to be for players who were out of contract. But we've we've used it successfully for Wasps and Worcester, and we'll launch that again now for London Irish players to make sure uh, the heads of recruitment are, are fully aware of who's available. I mean, the players will have all have agents, um, but but we think if you know if we can send that to all the heads of recruitment around the league and not just in the Premier League, but in, in the Championship with Great Britain Sevens. You know, we, we we need to try and find landing spots for as many of these guys as possible. So at the end of the day, they're, they're professional players. They, they likely can't just go into a normal job. They, they they have to go into a market which is already saturated because of the failings at Wasps and Worcester. And because of the time of year, most clubs have already finished their recruitment. So we're doing everything we can to help. You know, we have mental health support and we have individual development support but but like i said it's it's not going to be a good situation no matter how much we help and and for me the important thing is we need to put the things in place to try and make sure this doesn't happen again yeah just such a tough time for for so many top players i know a couple of years ago christian there were there were talks about expanding uh, the top division to 14 teams is it now more likely though with the demise of london irish along with Wisp, uh, worcester and wasp that that this might look like a i don't know a 10 team premiership next season yeah it certainly does look like we're moving towards 10 i mean I don't think that was the plan. I'll be perfectly honest. I think, like you say, the, the plan was expansion, but I think we've arrived at 10. Bizarrely, a 10-team league solves some problems uh, in terms of, particularly in terms of that international crossover, which I know in New Zealand you don't really have. Uh, but for our game, premiership games playing on international weekends were always contentious because the best players aren't playing in the league. Um, and it also solves some problems around player loading. I think... Most people agree that we're probably playing a little bit too much rugby. So in that way, you know, if we can move to a model where, okay, we've got we've got less games, but let's make them a bigger spectacle. Let's make sure the best players are playing. Uh, let's market them right. Because um, you know, some of the some of the clubs in the Premiership are very successful. We, you know, teams like Leicester Tigers have twenty thousand people watching every week. Uh, Bristol Bears have, have got big crowds watching. It's the, the product on the pitch is is pretty good at the moment. Um, we've just got to try and make sure that everything off field is is modernised to match, really. Um, and that's where this new partnership between the league, the union, and the players—I really do think it, it will have legs. Um, and and hopefully we can we can get rugby back on track in this country. Yeah, let's hope so. And what now for London Irish Christian? Do they still exist as a as a rugby club? Uh, they do currently. Um, the ownership is actually. Uh, Filed for the word is um, well, not the bankruptcy, but but you know they filed to administer the club. That's what it is. Um, so another buyer could come in at this stage and, and purchase the club. They've obviously lost their license in the Premiership for the next year. Um, but there's there's a lot of rumours around this this Phoenix Club um, arrangement. So if a new buyer did come in, they would re-enter the Championship. Um, so one t- one tier down rather than dropping to the bottom. 
And one thing that is in big discussion at the moment is we, we, we need to produce a, a better second tier of rugby. You know, it, rugby in England is big. We have a, a lot of players. We have a lot of talented young players. You know, we are serially in the finals of under-20s World Cups and there's a lot of talent there. They're, they're probably just not playing enough rugby. So if we can produce a better second tier, we're going to have more playing opportunities for those young players and hopefully we can you know, reinvigorate a player pathway, which probably at the moment isn't quite functioning as well as the amount of talent there is. Um, so the championship plays a big part. And I think, again, I'll come back to this partnership idea. We need to work out how the, the championship too is, is involved in them. Mm. Well, it sounds as though you've got the right attitude in terms of looking forward, Christian, and, and working out how to, as you say, avoid this happening again. It's been such a disruptive, uh, you know, several months for the players and the fans and the families of um, of those at Worcester and Wasps and now at London Irish as well. Look, I appreciate you taking the time for a chat. I wish it was under better circumstances. Um, I hope we can catch up again uh, down the track when, when things are a little bit brighter. But, uh, but thanks for joining us today. No problem. Hopefully we can speak again when times are a bit better. Yeah, let's hope so. Thanks, Christian. Christian Day there, the General Secretary of the Rugby Players Association in England. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.